hey, in these uncertain times, will you receive that little teaching from us today that you can't outgive God, and God is going to look after you. In fact, in these next few weeks, we're going to turn our attention to a new series of how God will look after us, but deep on the inside. We're going to start a series from today called Biblical Mindfulness. Now, you're going to want to open your Bible to Psalm chapter 8, and I'm going to get there in a few moments, but why don't you have that ready so we can read that together? But today, what what I want to do is begin to minister to your soul, to your mind, to your inner self. In in, in actual fact, the burden of my heart is is that I would reach out the the arms of the Lord and the, the arms of the church, the arms of our pastoral care, and reach around you and say, hey, come on, we can do this together. This season is not going to overcome us. We are going to be in the right place with God, and we will come out the other side. Can I hear an amen on the feed? We are going to be okay throughout this season. Now, I want to begin this, this week by just explaining what I mean by biblical mind fee- mindfulness. H- have you ever seen one of those films where the, the person's still in the middle and everything around them's going really fast? It's kind of one of those uh, uh, f- video effects where, where people are all fast around and the person in the middle's still and actually... That's kind of where I want to get you to over the next few weeks. We've got different speakers uh, coming in to do this. Pastor Nick's going to do some teaching as well. And we want to get you to that place, that still place, where you can hear from God, from right from within yourself, that God is speaking to you. See, it's a billion-dollar industry, really, mindfulness. But what, I, what I'd say to you is mindfulness is the art of stopping and being present in the moment so that you're letting all the negativity go. But biblical mindfulness is, is one step more. It's slowing down so that you can get into the place where you can start hearing what God is saying in that moment. You start becoming aware, really aware, of where God is leading us and what God is saying. That we stop long enough to hear the Spirit speak to our spirit. Remember Psalm 46 verse 10? Come on, many of you know it. Be still and know that I am God. Remember the Apostle Paul in, the, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11. He says that the, the things, these things are from God revealed by the Spirit, and that the Spirit searches all things. And no one knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of man. And no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. In the same way, the Spirit of God wants to speak to our spirit. I want to ask you today, are you listening? Have you stopped long enough to begin to say, God, what are you saying? Let me read you a, a little crazy of a story from Bear Grylls, the famous uh, adventurer and explorer. It's from his book, Mud, Sweat and Tears. He, it says this, 
the air temperature is minus 20 degrees, and I, I wiggle my fingers, uh, but they are freezing cold. That old uh, frostbite injuries never let you forget them, and I blame Everest for that. You set, buddy? His cameraman Simon asks him, and smiling back, he said, yeah, I'm ready. The rig's prepared. It's ready to go. But I'm unusually nervous, says Bear Grylls. Something isn't quite right, but I don't listen to that inner voice and just carry on. It's time to get going. It's time to go to work. The crew tell me that the crisp northern Canadian Rockies look spectacular this morning, but I don't really notice them. It's time to get into my secret space, that rare part of me that's focused, clear, brave, and precise. It's the best. The place that I least visit, but the place that I really should be. I only use this place sparingly, like now. Beneath me is 300 feet of steep snow and ice, steep but manageable. I've done this sort of descent lots of times before, never complacent, but the voice says, and the voice is always right, something's not quite right. At last, I take a deep breath and I look out and Simon's acknowledgement back and we are off and going. We've cut a vital corner. I know it, but I do nothing. I leap and I'm instantly taken by speed. Normally, I love this, but this time I'm worried. I never feel worried in these moments, but I know something's wrong. I'm soon traveling at 40 miles an hour, feet first down the mountain. The ice races past me, inch by inch past my head. This is my world. This is what I, I live for. I gain even more speed. I'm at the edge, getting closer. It's time to arrest my fall, and I nimbly flip over onto my front, drive my ice pack into, ice, ice axe into the snow, and a cloud of white spray soars into the air. I can feel this rapid deceleration as I grind my axe deeper into the mountain, and it works like it always does. It works like clockwork, total confidence. One of those rare moments where I'm really lucid. It's fleeting, then it's gone, and now I'm static. The world hangs still. Then, bang! Simon and his heavy wooden sledge, plus his solid metal camera, smashes into me piles straight into me, into my left thigh, doing a, a speed of at least 45 miles an hour. There's an instant explosion of pain and noise and white. It's like a freight train, and I'm thrown down the mountain like a doll. Life stands still. I feel and see it all in slow motion, yet in that split second, I have only one realization, one degree different on the course of that sledge, and it would have hit my head, and I would have been dead. I'm in agony, writhing and crying. There are tears of relief, even though I'm injured. I see a helicopter, but there's no sound. And then I'm in hospital, and I've been in a few hospitals. And then Bear Grylls closes this dramatic opening to his book with these words. My lessons learned is I should have listened to my inner voice. And I'm just wondering today whether you have been ignoring 
that inner voice of God, that inner voice of your conscience, and that things are piling up. You see, in your spirit, there's a receptivity to the Spirit of God. There's a receptivity to God's voice, but you have to slow down and open up so that you can hear it. And over these next few weeks, I wonder if we could do stop and search. I know for some of you that's a real negative thing to say, but I want you to stop so that you can hear the voice of God and search what He's saying. I wonder which voice you're listening to. I wonder if you're listening to the voice of ambition that's continually driving you on and continually causing pressure. I wonder if you're listening to the voice of worry that's continually bringing your mood down and, and bringing a voice of doubt into your spirit. I wonder if you're listening to actual spiritual forces, spiritual forces that accuse you all the time. Do you know that the, the enemy of our souls, the, the devil himself, is called the accuser of the church or the accuser of the brethren. If in your spirit you're always being accused, which voice is that? That's not the voice of God. And that's not the voice of a healthy self. I wonder if it's the voice of actually spiritual forces against you. I wonder if you're listening to the voice of your past. I wonder if there are many voices in the past that, that are crowding out the, the, the bright future that God can give you or, or actually the present moment that God is trying to download into your spirit. I wonder if the voice of past is speaking words of shame into you. I wonder if you're listening to the voice of a significant other that's just trying to place labels on you all the time, that's trying to put you into their mold. I wonder which voice you're listening to this morning. I wonder if you're listening to the voice of yourself, the voice of self-doubt, the voice that says, that you're not going to make it. But I want to say to you this morning, let's stop and let's listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's today hear God's voice and the truth of how things are. Are you still in Psalm 8 with me? We're going to read that in just one moment. When we stop and give God time, it's time to hear some truths of what he wants to communicate to us. I'm going to teach you a way of praying today. I'm going to teach you a way of stopping and searching so that you can hear what God is saying to you in this moment because we need the mindfulness of God with us, of what God is saying beyond all the voices, beyond the 24-hour news cycle, beyond Instagram, beyond Facebook, don't log off by the way, beyond YouTube, beyond all of our social media, we need to hear what are you saying in this moment, God? We need to hear that. So come on, are you with me in Psalm chapter 8? Why don't we just read that together? Read it out loud at home if you're, if you're there with me. Let's read along together. It says this, Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. Now, I believe God's given me a word for this season. And it's, this is simply it. 
We're going to praise our way out of this pandemic. And here's one of the scriptures, that through the praise of children and infants, you establish a stronghold. You establish protection. You establish something in our lives. When we don't feel like praising, when we, if we do praise, God is going to establish something in our lives to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've set in place, what is mankind or humankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You've made them rulers over the works of your hand. You've put everything under their feet, all the flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. Oh Lord, oh Lord, come on, say it with me. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What a brilliant psalm that is. But there are four things I want you to hear from this psalm that I believe God's saying to us, but it's four things that will help your mindfulness. Because the whole idea of mindfulness is, God, what are you saying right now? Not what all the other voices are saying. First of all, verse 4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, uh, of them? Human beings that you care for them. First thing that God is saying this morning is, You are protected. You are cared for. And this might not mean that we have an easy life, and there are times we know that our life will be difficult, but this psalm tells us, and you need to hear this deep in your spirit, that your life is hemmed in by an intentional plan of God. That God cares for you, that He's mindful of you, that your life is in His sight, that the details of your life are on His agenda. You know, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 17, it says this, no weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will be refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me. Declares who? Declares the Lord. No weapon formed against you will prevail. No sickness, no, no mental illness. It was World Mental Health Day. Nothing that's formed against you can prevail because God is mindful of you. Can you receive that deep in your spirit right now, wherever you're sitting? I know that some of you are lonely. I know that some of you are locked down. But God is mindful of you. And He cares for you. You know, it means... That if we are protected, it means that we're in a battle. There's no need for protection if you're not in a battle. And you, so you will be under attack. There will be a weapon lodged against you, formed against you, but it will not prevail. First thing about mindfulness is to say this, I am protected. Verse 5, you have a position the Bible says, you've made us a little lower than the angels, crowned them with glory and honor. Hey, this is a self-esteem thing. And, and, and stop thinking that you are the, the lowest of the earth. We, we are humble. 
We are here to serve, and we're not celebrities or vaunting ourselves, but that doesn't mean to say we don't have value in God. But that is a self-esteem thing, that stop, stop listening to those voices that are, that are making you not valuable. You're, you're the crown of creation in God, made a little lower than the angels, but as well as a self-esteem thing, it's a spiritual standing. It's a spiritual standing that no one can take away from you or you can't uh, do, uh, that it doesn't happen well because of performance. God has placed you in a position in His sight. You have a position in God. In fact, Colossians 3, verse 3, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I am hidden in Christ, in God. That's my position. That's where I'm coming from. I, I'm not surrounded just by, I may be surrounded by enemies, but my life is immediately surrounded by Christ. And then it's surrounded by God. And then enemies are all out there. That's my position. And when I want to think about my mindfulness and Think about my security. First of all, I think, well, I'm in Christ, in God. Who can, who can get to me? Mindfulness. I want you to hear these truths. Stop letting people or yourself run yourself down. Third thing I notice from this uh, psalm is in verse 6. You have a purpose. And in and, and these times when, it, you know, our normal travel arrangements, our normal social arrangements are all disrupted, it can feel like we don't really have a purpose. But the Bible says, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. One of, one of the things that's really important for us to understand is, God wants us to be stewards of our life and our, our surroundings, our world. He wants us to bring into order. In fact, biblically, do you know that we're supposed to reign in life? That we're reigning in life? We're not subject to life. Romans 5, verse 17, But if by one trespass of the one man death reigned through one man, how much more will those of us who receive God's abundant provision of grace, the gift of righteousness, how much more will we reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ? Let me tell you the very first way that you can begin to reign, because some of you might think, well, I'm not the king of anything. I'm not the queen of any, anything. Listen, you're the apple of his eye. You're the apple of his eye, and you, you can reign. And the first way you can do that, the first way you can begin to walk in your purpose is to remove any disorder from your life. You know, you've seen that uh, Japanese uh, person on Netflix, uh, Maria Kondo, where she folds everything up. And now there's a, 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 you know, a celebrity tidy up my house with two other gals. And I don't know, their voices get so high. Wow, you're so great that we're ordering things. You know, I, I get all of that. But you know, the way that you can bring your life into reigning and into purpose is anywhere where there's any disorder, look at it, deal with it. If you've got something unpaid, pay it. If, you, if you've got a relationship that you need to sort out, sort it out. Anywhere there's any disorder, your purpose will be thwarted 
as that disorder and chaos grows. So bring into order that which you have let go. Because God wants you to walk in purpose. Last thing, last thing I want you to hear, for your mindfulness, for your hearing the truths that God wants to get into your spirit, that verse 9 says, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name. Do you remember that I stopped and emphasized with you verse 3, where it says that through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and to, uh, br- to move back the avenger. Your posture has got to be one of praise. Now, praise doesn't mean loud, although when the band started off this morning, uh, I, I, I could hardly contain myself when they were singing Rejoice in Him. But you know, your posture, your heart now has to be one of praise. Now look, I know the government are going to come out with some things tomorrow that are going to be difficult, uh, that are going to be restrictive. I understand that. I understand in Birmingham and in Smethy that, that we're in a hot smut. I, I understand all of that but nothing can steal your praise, only your attitude. So come on, let's praise Him. We've got to have a posture of praise. How majestic is your name in all the earth? It doesn't mean to say you have to shout it out, but I tell you what, in your house, nobody can stop you singing, nobody can stop you shouting, so come on, give Him praise. Because what what praise will do, through your commitment of praise, it will shift the center of your heart onto the right-centered God. And it will lift you and your mindfulness so that you can hear what God's saying to you will be more open to the Holy Spirit. Four things from this psalm. You are protected. You have a position. You have a purpose. Come on, hear it today. And your posture is a posture of praise. Come on, say it with me. Protected, position, purpose, and praise. Come on, that's what we need to move into so that God can speak to us. Mindfulness is stop and search. Stop so that you can hear what God is saying in that moment. Become more open. Search. What is the Spirit saying? You can hear the voice of the Spirit. Let me just teach you just a really ancient model of praying as we, as we close. I'm going to ask the band just to come back, if you will. It's called Lecter Divina. It means divine reading. And, and this week, I'm going to put on, on all of our social media some scriptures that you can pray through. But you know, if you want to hear the voice of God, then read the Scripture carefully. And when you've read it, meditate on what you have read, thinking, what does this mean? And then, when you've meditated on what you just read, pray over your thoughts of what you've just read. This is an ancient model of praying. Read it carefully. Meditate on it. Spend a few moments thinking about it. You see, what I'm trying to do over the next few weeks is get you to hear God's voice more than any other voice. 
that you begin to have things in your spirit that God says to you that's beyond what anybody else says to you. So you read the Scripture carefully. Then you think about it for a while. Meditate on it. And then pray through what you've just thought about. Pray about what you've thought. And then, and then just be still. Some people say contemplate. Just, just let something happen what happens. Maybe God speaks to you. If, if he doesn't speak to you at that moment, then just having the truth of what you've read is enough. But then lastly, act. Decide, I am going to act on what I have read. Read it carefully. Meditate on it. Pray about it. Contemplate it. Just giving some space for God to speak. And then act. Decide that you'll do something. And this week, I'm going to put on, the, on our, all of our social media, on our, on our Facebooks, on our, uh, on our Twitter accounts, on our Instagram accounts, some, some scriptures that you can do that method with. I'll, I'll put the method on there for you. You see, biblical mindfulness is about hearing what is God saying to you in the present. I hope that you've heard him say to you today, your life is protected. I hope you've heard him say to you today that your life has a position, that it's valuable. I hope you've heard him say to you today that your life has purpose. But listen, I want you to, I want you to he really hear this. I believe it's from the Spirit that God is saying to BCC, we will praise our way out of this pandemic. And I believe that when you begin to praise Him, and you be, even the praise that's difficult, when you praise Him, it will posture your heart so that you can hear more of the Spirit. You see, it's hearing your right now truth. That's biblical mindfulness. And right now, some people need to hear that you're valuable. Some people need to hear that your life, even though interrupted, won't be disrupted forever. It's just an interruption. Hearing will become seeing. And when there is much that we see, there will be much that we do. We're going to sing an old hymn about... A, a, a man who had a, a terrible tragedy in his life. But then, because he heard the word of the Lord, he could say, it is well with my soul. And, and would you sing this hymn with us? And would you declare also with us, it is well, it is well, it is well with our soul. Hear the word of the Lord today as we sing together.